Okay, we continue in the psicha. Oh, not sharing. Oh, there's so many things to remember. Okay, let's just hang on for a second. Okay. Let's just make sure everything is going. And of course, nobody is zooming because I have to zoom there. Okay, we explained the first issue. The Rambam says he has to describe various words and nouns with the double meanings and to understand there's a deeper meaning to all the words. And then he says that the intention of the Sefer is for those that are confused and we explained why they are confused and uh, and the things that he's trying to teach people, not beginners, but we're trying to learn the Chachmas Torah al Ha'emes, which we said could be a veiled idea of Kabbalah. Etc. So now he's going to the second issue. And this essay includes a second topic. Is to explain the metaphors or the parables that are closed, very hard to understand, that come in the works of the prophets. And there's no explanation for those metaphors. Okay? And therefore, And the ignorant person, or the person who looks at things superficially, will see them, They're simple. Whatever the metaphor happens to be, okay? And there's no inner content to it. Uh, and when you reflect on them, the ones who know the truth, and they learn them literally, he's repeating the idea that he said before, but that was with nouns. Now he's talking about the Mishalim. In other words, a person who really understands philosophy properly. But if he's going to learn these metaphors literally, he also has a great confusion. Now, and if that moshal gets uh, explained, or or if he's aroused to realize that it is a moshal, and he figures out what the moshal is, then he will escape and be saved from that confusion. And now he says it straight out. And therefore, this essay is called The Guide to the Confused. Now, you might think, okay, he's a Rambam, and when it came to halacha, the Rambam was very clear, very concise, very orderly, and there's a whole seichel to why the Rambam put something over here and something over there. The any Omer, and I'm not going to suggest... That this essay is not going to push out every single doubt you have to those who have read the book and understand the book. Now, this is very interesting. This is Mamish, the exact opposite of what he wrote in his Akdama to Mishnah Torah. In Mishnah Torah, he said that the halachas are so scattered all through the Gemara, Tarsh Peh, if you got my book, there's no questions. Just take the five books of Moses 
and my book, and there's no questions. It's clear. Uh, and what happened? It created more machlekes oh, than anywhere goodness. else. Yes. But here, the Rambam, in his last sefer, he's saying, "Listen, no matter what I'm going to explain to you, don't. I'm not telling you it's going to get rid of all the doubts. You're still going to be navoch of it." I will own there, but I will tell you, it will push off most of the doubts and the big ones will push off. And the smart person should not ask for me and shouldn't hope. When I, when I, when I discuss and mention one of the topics and do not expect that I will finish up and completely explain everything on a topic. Or, that when I begin to explain one aspect of these parables, I will finish and give a thorough explanation. Every single detail of the parable will be understood. He says, First of all, it's impossible even for a smart person to do it with his tongue when he speaks mouth to mouth to somebody. All the more so when he writes it into a book, which is either further removed. In other words, when you're talking, at least someone can ask, you can clarify this and that. Writing a savor, there's nobody to talk to. Okay, and I purposely did it this way. So that I should not become a target. For every fool, and he thinks he's smart. He will shoot arrows of stupidity towards me. In other words, if I am trying to, I'm going to explain things. And if I'm going to try to explain it fully, and more and more and more, people are thinking, oh, I guess now I know everything there is to know. And now, and because he's not so smart, he, he doesn't make sense with the Rambam saying. You have to have a little bit of depth. The guy says, well, that doesn't make sense. Okay, so now, now I just become a target prince. Now, it's got to be, this is the last safe that the Rambam wrote. He wrote Mishnah Torah a number of years before. <laughs> and Rambam was quite a target when he meant to make things clear. Oh, yeah. And that was in Torah Shabal Pet. It was con- it's concrete halacha, an ox scoring an ox. I mean, this is concrete Gemara. This is not philosophy. And and they mamish, he saw what was going on. Let alone what's gonna happen now with this type of time. We're talking oh, yeah. about mamish serious philosophy. Uh, and now if I'm gonna there's there's first of all, there's no way I'm gonna be able to explain it. He's gonna say this a little bit more. But uh, it's interesting. I'm, I'm trying at the same time to collect from all the different firms. This is very hard safer, guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, even the commentaries struggle with this greatly. But this interesting safer from Rav Shlomo Tolidano, he doesn't really bring the Rambam word for word, but he brings synopsis. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's worth it to just say his synopsis to make wow. it clear. And he is, uh, even though we're, we're getting a little bit ahead, but still it's an important thing. What's the value of Mishalim? And he says, the problem is like this. And this is a very deep idea, but it's, it makes sense. He says, our power of language... And our power of our minds 
is limited by the stimuli and experiences we have of life. And the way I see life, the way people explain life to me, this is my frame of reference. That's our repertoire. That's all we can draw from. And, and that's what we can draw from. Guess what? Hashem can draw from more. Infinite. <laughs> and from errors we cannot even begin to understand. Now, if Hashem is trying to share a little bit of this beyond the infinite reality, we don't, he has a language to describe it. You know what that language is? Mm -hmm. The Torah. But that's not our language. Our language is whatever our language is. Even we speak Hebrew, but it's not the same. Mm -hmm. So God is taking these infinite concepts or metaphysical concepts. And God, who's metaphysical, knows exactly what he's doing. And it could very well be that those concepts cannot be put into words. No, no such words can do it. It's, it's, it's feelings, it's understandings. Metaphysical is what it means, beyond physical. And what do words do? Describe physical. So now you got it like an, ex, an explosion of the mind to go to think be out of the box, as it were. So that's an extremely difficult thing. So how are we going to explain concepts that we don't have the tools to understand them? And the more I'm going to try to use words, the worse it's going to get. Because I'm still trying to explain ideas with my with my schema. And the more I... It's like when you're trying to give more praises to Hashem. It's making less. So you're going to say, okay, let me explain it to you. But, but now that's if you're not using Mishalom. Now, the, the idea of Mishalom, okay, uh, that's, those are things that relate to our world but are paralleling something beyond. And therefore, it gives us from our perspective some handle which we know is not correct of what it actually is, but at least gives us some idea using our schema to bring us above something beyond that. Because when you're doing a parable and it's not about you, so you're exposed to an idea that can be a gateway to something a little bit more. And that will prompt your part of your mind that can think out of the box to break out of the, ba the barriers, so to speak. And that also, he explains, it comes through in song. Okay, the greatness of a song is you're able not just to express the words, but the tune and everything is going beyond what the words cannot express. Okay, and they're also using parables as well, quite often in songs. So let's say when Shlomo Melech is using the relationship of Hashem, he does a man and a woman. Now we understand a man and a woman. So it gives us some idea of what this relationship with Hashem is, but clearly is not the idea. Now what are you going to say? Oh, Hashem is, uh, is a man. And, and we're his wife. Is that what we are? No, that's not what we are. But the only way we can even begin to fathom something that's beyond our range is to take something that we do understand in our language and just know it's something much more than that. And that is able to give us a touch of that understanding. So really there are two goals in the parables. First of all, it's concealing lofty ideas that are beyond people's abilities, meaning to say, I'm not even going to try to explain what it is. And forget it. You're not going to get it. It's not going to happen. But 
it at least allows you to break through your barriers to some extent and to have some feeling. So everything we talk about Hashem and the metaphors about Hashem, it's this is not Hashem. Forget about it. Our relationship, Avinu, Malkeinu, he is not our father. Do not think he's our father for a minute. Do not think he's our king for a minute. Because what we call a father and we call a king is not Hashem. Finished. But for our little puny minds, okay, from what I can fathom, he's like a loving father. Now, it's that a million times more beyond what our brains can, can understand. And, and he's our king beyond what a king really is. But at least we have, but and, and don't even think that that's what he is. That's the point he's saying. And therefore, if I'm going to start and explain what it means that he's a king and what he does, and Ramam sure could explain more and more, but we, it's, it's, we don't have that language. We don't have the kings. We don't have the Even if you had a real king, even when Rambam lived, there were real kings. Muhammad and these guys were like real kings. Okay, but still in all, it's, it's beyond that. Hashem is the source of kingship. And, and to go to that place, you got to be a different kind of a person. And now, not everybody can do that. He's going to explain further how we can touch this area. But it's not what we're going to call an exact science. Now, you, you can learn a lot. He's going to say, you're going to say well, why am I learning this? Well, you're going to have a, Rambam said, you'll have a much better understanding. And a lot of your questions will be removed. But don't expect to understand everything. It's not. It's just not possible. And certainly, even if I would, even the Rambam himself would tell you about it, it wouldn't all get through. And especially if he writes it, it's even worse. But he still has to write it. But it's a limitation. He yeah. he's very that, and that, and so you see right away, he's he's um, calling out the potential problems people will have with the safer. So don't have unreasonable expectations over here. And he's really trying to scare off a lot of people from this work. This is not a beginner's book. So people who've learned all the swarm of the Rambam. It's not encouraging to read the book. No, but people have learned all the swarm of the Rambam. So you already are in the game a little bit. So, But don't have these unreasonable... We'll get certain things. But, you know, certain questions. And there's a good chevra of people ask questions. We're going to come to points. I don't know. And the Rambam has not told us. And we don't know what it is. Yeah. When you say parable, is that very distinct from Medrash? Is that two separate different? Oh, so he's going to get to that. And he's going to mention Medrash does the same thing. Uh, he's going to discuss that a little bit later, where that all fits in. And that's also the idea of understanding what Medrash is saying. And many Gemaras. And many Gemaras that are crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, Moshe was ten amas tall. He yeah, jumped he ten, ten amas high in the world. Yeah. And the Ogs, they reached the Ogs. Uh, uh, the bottom of his foot was ten amas. That isn't what happened. Something much more profound was going on that we have no idea what it was. So for us, we just leave it at that. And then Kabbalists will tell us a little what ten is, what anama is. It's all a parable. I bet you have taken that literally. <laughs> Not intelligent people. You know what it is? It's the people that learn things simply and are not great philosophers. Yeah. You know? It's okay. And they're going to say, what? Moshe was ten. Did that mean to say it was 20 feet tall? I don't think that really no. jumped 20 feet. He was the first guy in the NBA. He yeah. had a staff. But 10%, 10%. But the rabbis purposely did this too. Yeah. As we will see. Okay. Let's move on. So also that same sort of thing when the Kumash were, when it
The Torah never so said. The Torah said she extended her hand. Yeah, Rashi says. The Medrash says. Yeah, the Gemara well, says her hand extended up. What does that mean? No. Okay, what does it mean? Okay, it's something else. It's something else. Like I said yesterday, Ailey thought that the Hannah was drunk. Come on. That's not true. But those are the stories you love to tell the kids when they're in the Cheder. Okay, so when a kid's in Cheder, they have a limited mind, so you tell them that. But hopefully we leave Cheder and we become a little more intelligent. And we start asking certain questions. And we say there's no way in the world that Ailey could have thought she was drunk. Just no way. It was the Godelador, and the Godelador doesn't make those mistakes. So what's it mean? Okay, you have to, if you listen to the class for an hour, Lubavitcher Rebbe uses Hasidus to explain what the metaphor of drunk is. And then if you understand what drunk really means, then you can get to a different level. So that's how it is with all these things. That's what Ram was trying to... And Paro and his member? Same thing. Same thing. That meant, that meant his, his sexual drive was as big as that. As, as, in terms of being a, in terms of being a human being, mm-hmm. he was a midget. Yes, he was. In terms of his, in terms, in terms, in terms yeah. of his humanness. Yeah. Let's put it this way: Would you not say Hitler Yamashimo was a midget of a man? In terms of being a man, he's a midget. Thinking you could just murder people for no reason—that's a great man. That's a midget. So Pyro was a midget. But when it came to sex, the midget, it was like the caricature. You, you look at certain goyim, you know, not all goyim, but certain goyim, certain they goyim. only think about sex all day long. All day long. And anytime they got the opportunity, you know, guy goes, cleans the rugs, the woman looks, she's a little interested, okay, let's take a break for half an hour. This is what's that work, that's what the only thing, this is the stories, I can tell you true stories about it. That's what's on their mind the whole time. So that's what it means. Their sexual organ is twice as big as them. Because they're, they're, they're mamish, you know, they're clean and capitalist. Small people, probably a small man, but a big libido. Okay, that's, that's what it is. They understand what every parable is telling us. Now, now we're going back to what I already explained. In other words, like Mishnah Torah and others, I gave kind of rules in Kayovos. I already talked about a lot of these rules. And I called attention to many things. And I stated in those for him, when you look at the first chapter of Genesis 1 and 2, I guess, who Chochmas Hateva is what we call natural science. In other words, the first chapter of Brachis, if you really understood it, this is natural science. So if a scientist really wanted to know what science really was, it's there in the first chapter. Whoa, you got to understand all the Kabbalistic meanings, but that, the creation of the world, is the definition of physics. Because that's when the world was created. There's nowhere else to go but there. There's nowhere else in the Torah that you're going to get an understanding. All right, what about Maisa Merkava? We talk about the chariot vision of Yecheskel. Who Chachmas Elokus? This is Chachmas Elokus, which means metaphysics. 
is beyond. And that is also described. And obviously, there ain't no throne up there. Just letting you know, there is no throne up there. There's no actual image of a face and a lion and whatever. It's, it's just not there. Even though that's what he's saying. But these are the metaphors of metaphysics. Okay? And the Gemara says, And the rabbis in Chagiga says, You don't teach the Maisim Merkava, which means metaphysics, to an individual. What does it mean an individual? It means even an individual. Forget about a group. Even one-on-one you can't talk about Maisim Merkava metaphysics. Elohim Kane, unless... The person was wise, and he can understand with his own intellect. Then, you only give him chapter titles. You don't give him a full explanation. You give him, like, main points. So, therefore, don't expect more than main points from me. Even those main points... They're not not in a proper sequential order. They're scattered. And all mixed up. With other things I'm throwing in. Which I will want to explain later on. Because my intention is that these fundamental truths should be mushkafos mimenu. They should be apparent from you. A very interesting Russian now. Mm-hmm. Meaning, expressing a little bit of the MS. And then to be concealed. What he's going to mean is, you're going to get a little bit, and then you're going to forget it. Or you're going to lose it. So it's like the shame of and you'll have to come back and get it again. He's, he's leading up to it in the next few lines. He's going to explain what he means. Until the point where you can't argue on the divine understandings over there. Which you really can't argue anyway. That even though you think you got a little bit of truth, still, that's totally concealed from the masses as the Pusik said to him, Sod Hashem Li Reyov. The secrets of Hashem, those go to those who fear Hashem. And the Gemara mentions this many times when they say, how did this rabbi know this? How did the rabbi know about uh, certain scientific facts? Yeah, said, how, he, couldn't, he couldn't observe it. So Gemara says, so Hashem lirav. Hashem, Hashem lets him know. So in other words, you're going to get chapter titles. If you're smart, you'll understand some things. And you'll understand it a little bit deeper. But... It's, it's going to be in a way that no matter how much you're going to understand, you're going to forget it. Why he's going to explain in another two pages. So I know uh, it's the problem with the Mar Nebuchim. Unless you learn the whole Mar Nebuchim, you don't understand any of it. So he's saying things now that I don't understand what he's saying. And in two pages from now, he's going to tell you what he means. What does he mean? I'm going to explain it to you. You're going to get a little bit of understanding, and then you're going to forget it. So uh, because that's the way what the Ramam is going to say that's the reality of life. We live with our schema. And your schema, your brain is so conditioned to nature, which nothing wrong with it. And nature tells you this thing. You, every day you see this. 
now the round is going to tell you something that's MS that flies in the face of everything that your mind and body and essence lives with. So, okay, and now you, you hop it. Okay, I hop it. But then you go back into the regular world and you look like a regular person, then it's gone. And I got to come back and get it again. So, because this is not easily assimilated into your reality, because you're talking about metaphysical realities. And we don't live metaphysical lives. You'll see this all will get explained. I understand that it's not satisfying right now. Question. Yeah? They talk about certain criteria before someone is prepared to learn Kabbalah. Is this comparable? Like a- For sure. For sure. Certain things. You, you, you just can't know nothing. It can't be Madonna. Just go <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You're ready to say you have to have certain, you have to have certain you patience. You, you can learn this with a teenager. They're going to they're gonna get bored. Goodbye. You have to have patience. you gotta, you got to accept the things you don't understand. And then you hope it'll come a little bit later. And then you got you have to have a mind that's able to open up. Do you ever try to explain something to a person's closed-minded? It's very You know what I'm talking about? Like, really closed-minded? Like, really, if, if, if you want to explain to a Democrat that Trump didn't do anything at, the, at night, either way, either way, either way. If you want to explain to a Democrat that Trump did nothing wrong at, at January 6th, or you want to explain to a Trump file that he's a criminal, no one can hear what you're saying. They just can't. And the truth is, the truth is somewhere. Wherever, whatever you want to say the truth is, but no one can accept it. They just can't, right? So we can't teach this to someone who just can't accept it. It's just not going to work. Okay, we'll stop it over here. Slowly, slowly. We got time. It'll take, it'll take less than 17 years. Let's just hope we finish before I retire. What? What is that? I don't know. We don't know the timeline on that. I don't know that either. No, we just have more questions.